Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world, that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life. Grant that having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Amos. Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord. Alas, for you who desire the day of the Lord. Why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear or went into the house and rested a hand against the wall and was bitten by a snake. Is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light, and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them and the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The word of the Lord. We will read Psalm 70 responsively. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me, O Lord, to make haste to help me. Let those who seek my life be ashamed, and altogether dismayed. Let those who take pleasure in my misfortune draw back and be disgraced. Let those who say to me, Aha, and gloat over me, turn back, because they are ashamed. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say forever, Great is the Lord. But as for me, I am poor and needy. Come to me speedily, O God. You are my helper and my deliverer. O Lord, do not tarry. A reading from 1 Thessalonians. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with the cry of command, with the archangel's call and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory 
to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'll begin by being brutally honest. I do not like this parable. Of all the difficult parables of Jesus, this is the one I have had the hardest time interpreting in any way that leaves me feeling as though grace has triumphed. This is the trouble with the lectionary, our prescribed readings for each Sunday. While it doesn't cover every square inch of scripture, leaving out some particularly difficult texts, it does give us quite a lot without the option of ignoring what I would rather ignore. I suspect my aversion to this parable comes from an overwhelming bias prevalent in modern Christianity to read this and other parables as a warning for those who don't want to lose out on the afterlife as though the five wise bridesmaids have entered heaven while the five foolish are not allowed into heaven, leaving them to the less savory alternative. Be prepared so that you're counted among those bound for heaven or something like that. But this is an inappropriate way. It is, it is inappropriate to read any of the Gospels this way. It is inappropriate to read the Gospels this way. There is very little attention given in the Gospels to the afterlife as many New Testament experts have pointed out, including the prolific N.T. Wright. The Gospels are largely, if not entirely, concerned with the here and now, how we respond in this life to the arrival of God in Christ, how we respond in this life to the growing presence of the kingdom of God. Perhaps this can give us a shift in perspective for this present parable. The initial crisis of this parable is not necessarily the lack of extra lamp oil for the five foolish bridesmaids. Rather, the initial crisis that causes the second is the delay of the bridegroom and the unfortunate nap taken by the bridesmaids. I know. <laughs> As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. The bridesmaids had no idea the bridegroom would be delayed, nor do they have reason to prepare for the delay, nor are we given a reason for the delay. But he was delayed nonetheless. This detail points to the unsettling absence of the bridegroom in the parable altogether. He is mentioned, of course, and the only evidence of his presence is the shout from someone else that comes at midnight. But there is no appearance, there is no sighting or greeting, he has no words in the parable. There is only the shout and the scramble to follow after the party that presumably contains the overdue bridegroom. We get the simple note that while the foolish bridesmaids went to buy more oil, again, 
they are not there, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. It is the delay that creates the conditions for this crisis, and the bridesmaids who have brought extra oil are those prepared to endure this unexpected delay. The obscurity of the bridegroom and the theme of darkness in this parable speaks to me of the perceived absence of God. There is no question that most, if not all, Christians will often go through periods of life, perhaps vast lengths of time, where God feels absent, delayed, or simply aloof. To pretend otherwise is to have our head buried in the sand. We cannot look upon the world or even dry spells within our own spiritual life with any clarity and, honest, and honestly say that doubt, loneliness, and alienation from God are not part of the human experience and the life of discipleship. I was reminded as I was reading and thinking about this parable of St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa as most of us know her, and the letters published after her death that detail her devastating sense of God's absence for much of her life in India. The letters were written to Father Nooner, a Jesuit priest who, became, who came to be her spiritual director. And in a particularly poignant letter, she writes, quote, As for myself, Father, I have nothing to say, for the darkness is so dark, the pain so painful. Sometimes the grip of pain is so great that I can hear my own voice call out, My God, help me. When I help my sisters draw very close to Jesus, when I teach them to love him with a deep, devoted, personal love, I long to be able to do the same. The sisters in front of my very eyes, I see them love God, come so close to him, grow daily so much like him, and I, Father, am just alone, empty, excluded, just not wanted. And yet in all sincerity of my heart, I am happy to see him loved. To see the sisters grow like him, I am happy to love him through them. End quote. This is the delay of the bridegroom, the raw sense of God's absence when we are waiting in the dark. I do not want to pretend that this is not part of Christian experience, as though it might signal a lack of faithfulness or a failure of discipleship. How could it be when one of the great saints of our time expressed it so clearly? How could it be when the Son of God himself cried out from this very place of darkness on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I find that I have deep sympathy for these bridesmaids. I feel a great sense of injustice for the ones who are shut out of the banquet because they did not anticipate the unexpected delay. It seems that the unexpected delay and the surprise of the arrival also created the conditions for a lack of charity where the bridesmaids with oil reserves refused to share what they had with the bridesmaids who did not have enough. This hardly speaks of the charity to which we are called as disciples. But if there's anything to be learned from the wise bridesmaids, it is their preparation for the unexpected. I see their oil as symbolic. It's a symbol of the kinds of habits and practices that insist on the presence of God even when it is not felt. It is clear that Mother Teresa's hope rested solely in her commitment to her sisters and the work they were doing. Their habits of life and their presence among the poor were the constant practice of God's presence, and St. Teresa understood this enough to make it her anchor. Quote, Jesus was sent by his Father to the poor, and to be able to understand the poor, Jesus had to know and experience that poverty in his own body and soul. 
We too must experience poverty if we want to be true carriers of God's love. To be able to proclaim the good news to the poor, we must know what is poverty. And this is how she characterized her sense of loneliness and abandonment. But in her witness is also the truth of reliance on the community when we feel as though darkness is our only companion, as Psalm 88 concludes. This is what we might learn from the foolish bridesmaids. If there is a fault, it does not necessarily lie in their lack of oil. Rather, it lies in their departure. They leave when they hear the bridegroom is approaching. They rush off to buy more oil rather than trust that the bridegroom will bring enough light to guide them to the banquet. Yes, the oil is necessary to keep our lamps burning, just as our habits of faith such as prayer, silence, confession, charity, and the Eucharist keep our imaginations fixed on the presence of God despite the darkness. But to leave when we feel as though it is not enough, as though these habits are not enough, as though our work is not enough, to leave speaks to our inability to receive grace. It is to go out into the deeper darkness searching for the one who from all eternity has already found us. We search in desperate places in unhealthy or destructive habits, seeking affirmation from lesser powers and authorities, grasping for the love we desperately want, but reaching for it in the direction of those who want to exploit and abuse. So when it is not enough, when our habits and disciplines meet their limit, it is the community that should hold us from despair by wrapping an arm around our shoulders and shifting the lamp to the center of our side-by-side -side stride so that their light can illumine our darkened steps. This is what it means when Matthew says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We must cling to one another so that none will be left to stumble around in the darkness alone. But even when we do not feel the charity of community, when we, when we do not feel the charity of community, we should not run in desperation or fear, knowing, trusting, hoping that the bridegroom is the light of the world. And for this one on whom we wait, darkness is as bright as day. After all, every single one of Jesus' disciples, only a chapter and a half later, fail to keep awake in the Garden of Gethsemane. And when the mob comes for the bridegroom, they are scattered into the darkness. This alone should reassure us, since we know that their scattering and desperation and fear did not seal their fate. They were gathered once again in the light of the risen Christ as he passed through a locked door and ate with them once again. Their Lord did not leave them to the darkness, and neither will we be left to the darkness. Even when our own light fails us, even when we cannot keep awake, Christ will come through the locked door to keep the feast with us. So come to this table, hold on to this habit of gathering together around the bread and wine that insists God is present. For here we practice the hope against hope that God does not know how to be absent, whether we are in darkness or in light. Amen. Let us stand with Christians throughout the world and throughout history to recite our statement of faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. 
We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Remembering especially Justin, Justin the Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, Brian, our bishop, Johnny, our rector, Chris and Gordon, our deacons, in our diocese, St. Andrews, Maryville, in our companion diocese of South Dakota, Blessed Redeemer, Howe Creek, Northeast, our most merciful Savior, Santee, Nebraska, is that right? St. Paul Vermilion, Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours. Grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Remembering Sister and Gordon, Becky, Carolyn, Stephanie and family, Ed, Bill, Eli, Nancy, Jesse, Cal, Larry, Louisa, Martha, Catherine, Randy, Mariana, Martha, Mike, Allison DeWitt, Doreen, Lou, Beth, Myra, Rick, Hal, John, Rick, Jay, Don, Kim, Mark, Pat, Deanna, Jackson, Jonathan, Michael, Aaron, Jonathan, Regina, Patricia, Van, Sarah Beth, the family of Bradley, Linda, Jason, Jay, and Misty, Daryl, Mike, Gary, Charlie and Phyllis, Kim, Diane, Larry, Bunky, Matt, Richard, Susan, Larry and Ann, Sandra, Harold, Caitlin, Katie, 
Trish, Don, Daryl, Paul. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled. We pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food and the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now to the world in peace, and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you, with gladness and singleness of heart, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Before the blessing, I want to remind you all that we have coffee hour in the parish hall, so please join us for that to get some snacks, coffee, and conversation with folks. Um, and then I also want to remind you all that next Sunday evening at 5 is our ecumenical Thanksgiving service here. It'll be a Eucharist service here at St. Paul's with our friends on Church Circle, um, Holy Trinity Lutheran, uh, and... and uh, we will join together with that, and then a pie and coffee reception following that uh, in the parish hall. So join us next week for that 5 o'clock for that Eucharist service. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God, Almighty the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and abide with you always. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.